Blog Talk Radio.
Philadelphia and Boston, and a unique new dining service is worth riding home about. Choose from a selection of superb entrees like lobster Newburgh, filet mignon with Bordelais sauce, prepared as you like it. Eastern 727 Jet, quiet as a library. The smartest way to leave town? Come fly with Eastern. Good afternoon, folks. The Airline Radio Talk Show and the Eastern Airlines Radio Show is on the air, live with another episode of Airline Talk, news, history, and a little bit about Eastern Airlines. Hi, my name is Neil Holland. I'm a retired captain with Eastern Airlines and producer of the show. Uh, If you're listening in on the show's website, which is blogtalkradio.com, forward slash Captain Eddie, that's C-A-P-T-E-D-D-I-E, and you'd like to call in and talk with our guest, uh, with our guest, our host, or to add just to add your memories, then why not call us now at 213, that's area code 213-816-1611, and I'll see your number on my caller's board and and ask if you'd like to join the host and share those memories with us. You know, we're a satellite-based radio station, and we're heard around the world. As a matter of fact, we have listeners in over 50 countries. Uh, Let me repeat that number once again uh, so that you might want to call in and add your comments to our listening audience or simply to listen to the show on your smartphone. That's why they call them smartphones. Uh, It's area code 213 816-1611, 816-1611, that's area code 213, why not call us now? As usual, we have hosts from around the U.S. that join us in these airline uh, talk show radio shows, and today, in addition to our regular hosts, we're happy to have a special guest, Beverly Raposa, and along with Beverly is uh, Mercy Ruiz. And uh, we're happy you're with us today, and we want to hear about what you have to say in the majority of our show today. So, Beverly, uh, you're no stranger to these broadcasts, and we're happy to have her once again talking about the wonderful, wonderful uh, project that they're putting together 
uh, finishing it up. We'll, we'll hear a lot more about the Eastern Airlines Flight 401 Memorial. But first of all, I want to recognize those people that right now are on my callers board. If I can get up here and see the first names that I have here, I've got, uh, let's see, uh, area code 908. Where is, area? oh, that's Janie. I'll talk to you a little bit. Is that you, Janie? I'm not 908. I'm 760. Oh, I see you here. 760. 908. Who might 908 be? Sharon Moore. Hey, Sharon. Good to good to hear your voice. I see you all the time on the Internet. <laughs> and did you recently yeah, have a birthday, Sharon? Oh, goodness, yes. <laughs> okay. Very good. We won't well, mention that. <laughs> oh, you don't want us to sing to you? Um, well, you don't know. <laughs> okay. We'll, well, let's see who's in Eric. Sherry, great to have you with us. Eric Code 202. Who Who do we have at Eric Code Shannon 202? DeWitt. Who's this? Hi. Shannon DeWitt. Um, I help Bev Raposa. Okay, Shannon. Very, very good. So you, perhaps you can uh, talk with uh, Sharon. I mean, Beverly and uh, Mercy during the show here. I've got another one that just showed up here at area code 512. Who might be at area code 512 as soon as I open your mic? There it is. Hello, Neil. Captain Jim Harris here in Dripping Springs, Texas. Good morning. Well, now we can start the show. Captain Jim is here. (laughs) Where have you been, Captain Jim? Well, it was hard. I've had company, and anyway, they just left. They got picked up and heading for the airport. So I got off the oops, and it's time for me to be calling in. You bet. You bet. Thanks so much. So anyway, here I am with another wonderful day in Dripping Springs, Texas, about 65 degrees. I got a a light breeze. I got a clear blue skies. Wonderful. It's really really nice out. Yeah, and I see... Uh, that weather that's vicious in Texas has just moved past east to, of you. And uh, tornadoes I saw on the Internet today that uh, you folks out in Texas way um, uh, had uh, pretty destructive. So yep, let's see, I'm, who I'm, else did I I'm, miss? Let I'm, me go I'm up sorry here about those people. I'm glad it's all north of me. Yeah, yeah. Area code 859, that's Margaret. Hello, Margaret. Hello, Neil. Hello, everybody. And I think our radio listening audience knows Margaret. Hey, Margaret, uh, how about Luann? How's she getting along? Well, Luann is fine. She won't be here today. She's been called out on a flight assignment. But um, she says she'll definitely be back here next week. And uh, just uh, prepare yourself when she comes back. You know how she is. Yeah. (laughs) You definitely want to buckle your seatbelt when she's on the Internet with us. Uh, area code 305, I think that's you, isn't it, Mercy? It is I. <laughs> okay, very good. Miami, yes. mm-hmm. Yeah, Miami. And uh, I think that's got uh, everyone. I think uh, I've got all that are on the board, and hopefully there will be more dropping in as we move along here in our program. And let's see what's next up here. Uh, I think I've got a little song, and then we're going to come in with uh, you, Beverly, and you're going to tell us how 
the uh, memorial is coming along, and uh, all of us remember this song. And that's what we do here is we fly. We fly here on this radio show. And if you don't believe it, Frank Sinatra is going to tell you. Come fly with me. Let's fly. Let's fly away. If you can use some exotic booze, there's a bar in Far Bombay. Come fly with me. Let's fly. Let's fly away. Come fly with me. Let's float down to Peru. In Lama Land, there's a one-man band, and he'll toot his flute for you. Come fly with me, let's take off in the blue. Once I get you up there, where the air is rarefied, we'll just fly starry-eyed. Once I get you up there, I'll be holding you. Cause we're together Weather-wise It's such a lovely day Just say the words And we'll beat the birds Down to Acapulco Bay It's perfect For a flying honeymoon They say Come fly with me Let's fly, let's fly away well, I don't know whether we're going to have a honeymoon, but uh, <laughs> uh, I think we've heard the rest of the song. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's great that uh, we have a way of presenting uh, the news that uh, we share with each other and uh, the world, 50 countries around the world. And uh, we just added South Africa uh, to our list. And so... Now, uh, I've got to, to introduce you to Janie Hughes, and Janie, within one minute of the story that you, uh, or, or the, your your bio, uh, if you just take about a minute and just tell us, because Janie, I hope, is going to be with us as a host on our radio show. Okay. She has her story, I think. I just told her we ought to do a radio show just about her, just about Janie. So, Janie, <laughs> say something nice. We we can combine that with a gossip column if you want to, and I know some really good stories about flight attendants from uh, my log books. But anyway, uh, my story, um, 10 plus years with these, you know, did the normal thing, married a CEO, uh, Hawker Sidley Canada, lives in Toronto, uh, where I met the Queen and Prince Philip, moved on to start my own company. I actually helped... Um, break up uh, the bell companies. I was involved in the Ma Bell activity, and I pioneered in 16 to 20 airports uh, all of the outerwear and did installations and then later did consulting for AT&T. Um, I pioneered a lot of products in that world and um, then later on sat on the board for the Walk of Stars, dedicated 285 stars on the walk. Many celebrities I got to know very well. 
was honored with my own star in 2007, produced many film festivals, co-hosted radio shows, uh, partnered in a boutique hotel, publisher of magazines, and contributor of many and some public relations. And then just looking for my next career. What can I say? Yeah, here it is. Here it is. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> you got the radio show if you like it, lady. <laughs> I, I'm a helper. I'm a, I, I'm a good backup. Like I never. All right. I yeah. No, you, you be I'm up front. <laughs> back there working with the, with the customers. You know, Margaret, I think she'll work well with Luann. <laughs> Oh, oh, I think so. I think they would be a good match uh, on a radio show. Okay. Well, if now, you can put up with Luann's antics. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really thrilled to be here, Neil, to talk about Flight 401 and this memorial. And I was so honored to be able to get in at the tail end and make a small contribution. I'm so excited about this. And um, something to pay tribute to um, the 75 survivors and the ones that did not survive. And I just appreciate from the bottom of my heart uh, this show today and this particular subject. Well, let's turn it over with that, Janie, to Beverly. And Beverly, thank you again for all you do and being on the show again. So let's tell us what's happening, Beverly. Uh Thanks, Captain Neal, and I'm really glad, glad to be on the broadcast with you today, along with Marcy and, and Shannon, his brothers, too. So thanks for inviting me. i got lots of great news. Um, so, as you know, yes, we have been uh, working on the memorial, the 50th anniversary um, of Flight 401 anniversary memorial, and it's been really exciting. I'm going to kind of give you some updates. Guys, we have 55 days to go. That's okay. it. Fifty-five days okay. after all these years. Oh my gosh, can you believe it? And yeah. um, I put out a recent post to everybody. Um, hopefully, most of you on the show uh, did get to see it because uh, I was in Miami and we picked the exact spot for the memorial. It's going to be on Curtis Parkway, right in front of the Miami Springs Country Club. Actually, the driving range is right opposite that. It's very close to the brand new Miami Springs sign there. It's going to be lit up, and they've got a bench around it, and they're going to do landscaping, and the memorial is going to be right there near it. So every time someone comes in, you know, people will be going there to look at it, sit, you know, Miami Springs is such a wonderful, wonderful place. And every time someone does that, guess what? They're going to be drawn to look, to go over and look at your memorial. And I say your memorial because, you all have been so very generous um, in donations and have made this possible. So the location is absolutely phenomenal, okay? In about two weeks from now, um, the contractor, which I want to thank Kim Farrington, uh, flight attendant, she was the one who gave me the lead for the uh, contractor. And in about two weeks, he's going to put down the concrete foundation for it because it has to cure for about 28 days. And so that's, uh, he's going to let us know so Mercy and I can be over there to watch that as put down. The memorial, everybody, um, I know I was talking to you, Neil, yesterday. The memorial stands about three feet high, okay? Uh, it will sit on a six-inch uh, concrete uh, platform there. It's made of uh, gray granite, and the face of it is beautiful. It's a black granite, and it's etched with the names 
of all of our passengers and crews who perished that night. It's really, really beautiful. And guess what? They just started manufacturing it, creating it, shaping it, okay? And I received two pictures um, from them, and we're going to be posting those. I will send those to you later, Captain Neil. And uh, you're going to see this humongous store, everybody. It's it's quite something. But it's so exciting to finally see that it is being made. So um, we're very, very close. Um, It is scheduled to be shipped out. Um, I think around December the 8th to the installer who actually lives in North Carolina and he's going to be driving it down to Miami Springs and actually installing it there. Um, So the dedication is on track for December 29th. That's a Thursday at 1 o'clock. Okay. Um, The parking, I'm still working on that, as I said. Carpool if you can. The end of November, I'll put out a post with last-minute details on parking and all of that but if you can carpool we are working on the live streaming um we would like to very much live stream it because we know that there's tremendous interest and not everybody can get in to see um the memorial monument so we want everybody to have access to this but it's been an exciting and challenging time and i know that um you mentioned you know all the others who've been involved well I mean, just quickly, years ago, many years ago, we did start on a memorial, many years ago. And, um, you know, uh, it was very large, and and money did not materialize, and our lives got in the way. We tried to come together about three years ago on maybe doing something smaller, because one of my flight attendant survivors, Patty McQuig, said, hey, let's try and do something before, you know, we're all gone, because we're getting up there. And um, so this January, okay, we... Had a conference call, okay, um, myself, Mercy, Shannon, Ron, Benny, and we talked about it. We talked about maybe trying to do something on a smaller scale, that this was the 50th year and all that. But about a month later, nothing had materialized yet. So Shannon, who is on with us, my dear friend, um, called me and said, listen, Bev, um, I know how important this is to you. And Mercy, too. And you know what? I would like to help you, okay, to make this a reality. I said, you would? And he said, yes, let's do it. And so we began in January, and Shannon found the, uh, the company, and we started working uh, with them, um, began the rest of fundraising for it. And, you know, Mercy has pitched in with us, and it, it's just, it's been an exciting, you know, but demanding time <laughs> to get everything done. So when we dedicate it, okay, and, again, this is totally separate from what we initially started. So many people were involved in it at that point. But this year, you know, this is so important, 50 years, 50 years. So it was so important to have something. And family members and friends of uh, passengers um, and crew that perished have been wanting to see something up there. So when we dedicate it just 55 days from today, okay, in fact, at this time, the dedication ceremony will be in progress that's so exciting um it will have taken 11 months from the first day that we started to the day we dedicated it for that i am eternally grateful to shannon uh do it to mercy my fellow flight attendant survivor okay to you captain neil for having us on the show for for all the wonderful folks that have donated to us and that's kind of how this began um, and how we came about to have 
this particular um, memorial, which I call the 50th anniversary of Eastern Flight 401 Memorial Monument. It's very beautiful. It's not humongous. It's very dignified, very respectful. And I just want to bring on um, Neil for a minute. Um, Shannon, uh, you know, Shannon found the a company that did this for us. And Shannon, just join me for a minute and tell me about locating um, P&G and the memorials that they did and how, you know, they've been to work with. Would you join me for a sec on that, please? Sure, sure. Hey, Beth. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me on. Um, they've been phenomenal. I, I did some background research. I vested a lot of different companies and looked at memorials that were existing around the world and started to trace back who made them. And I called them and felt very comfortable. I selected different companies, but they, the ones that we chose to help us, they've been phenomenal. They've been helping us with good communication. Any renditions, they're very quick about that. They facilitated all, all the concerns we have, everything. They've just helped us tremendously. They've been extremely helpful and very easy to work with and understanding. And it's been a good experience working with them. Thank you, yes. And I can second that. I, when Shannon introduced me to them and the times that I have spoken with Jennifer there, they have been absolutely phenomenal to work with. Um, the memorial itself is scheduled to ship out around, I believe, around December the 8th. It's going to ship to the installer who actually lives in North Carolina and will be driving it down himself with his um, installing installation team guy, and they'll be driving it down to Miami Springs. So that will be exciting to see it actually go in. But this company, um, and in fact, I'll put the website on when I do the post for you, Neil. Take a look at some of the wonderful work that they've done. In fact, they they just had a memorial that they were about to dedicate on the Wednesday that Hurricane Ian um, hit. It's a memorial in Fort Myers, and it's beautiful, and it stood up to it beautifully over there. So, again, it's um, been challenging to work on this, but extremely rewarding. So that's kind of like where we're at. Um, the two things, though, I want to reinforce here. Um, number one, um, that... If you are attending, if you're planning on attending, or you think you're going to be attending, okay, do me a favor and make sure and email us. Um, there's an email address that we posted, and we'll post it again on the new post, at flight401memorial at gmail.com. That's flt401memorial at gmail.com. Why? Because the city of Miami Springs, which many of you that um, – that perhaps lived down in the area know the city of Miami Springs was really an airline family um, city, you know, right there on the north side of the airport. And that the city gave us permission many years ago to use uh, that area, that grassy median area. And when I went before them in March of this year and I told them uh, I wanted to present to them this memorial monument for the 50th anniversary, something separate than what we had come to them four and a half years ago on, and the mayor graciously gave us and the council graciously gave us permission for that. But Parks and Recreations is going to put up a tent for us, okay? And we're going to have – they're going to put up chairs. I would kind of like to get an idea, if I can, of how many people will be attending. I, I have no idea. It could be 50, 100, to 200 people. So if you can, if you are attending or thinking of it, send us an email um, who you are, how many people are attending with you. And if there's a flight attendant um, – if there's a survivor or a family member of a loved one, 
that perished, please let us know in that. So in addition to um, to Shannon on this, um, my dear, dear friend, and who I spent that night with out in the Everglades until we were finally rescued, and Colonel Borman was the first one who got to us, is my dear friend, Mercy Ruiz, um, out of Miami. And Mercy is with us today, and I want her to share a couple of things with you um, about this. So, Mercy, I'm going to have you come on and, and talk to us about uh, what you've been doing with the magazine and, and the importance of this memorial, okay? I will. I will. That was wonderful, uh, Beverly. Wonderful. Uh, Beverly has uh, really uh, put on so much effort in this endeavor. It's it's uh, amazing. Uh, thank you, uh, Neil, for having us in the show. Uh, it's very, very exciting. Uh, I would like first to um, sort of um, tell you about uh, the importance of the uh, memorial. And uh, I have to say that building a memorial has been for a long time like a whisper, just like a very low, insistent whisper calling in our hearts. Uh, there had to be something tangible and real positioned on a specific site where all the names of the victims be found together and engraved in a dignified and beautiful slab of granite where they could be shine under where they could shine under the sun and the stars of our city uh, Miami Miami Springs uh, we dreamt of a small, non-pretentious but loving sanctuary where the memories of the victims could be visited, remembered, and prayed for. We are very, very satisfied and happy that finally having a memorial dedication has become a reality, and our gratitude goes to all the ones, all the people that out of the goodness of their hearts, have, they have made an effort and helped with your donations towards the uh, cost of building this Eastern 401 Memorial. Um, while I'm at it, uh, I wanted to add that uh, to the members of the Silverliners magazine, that in the next issue, I, um, I wrote uh, an article about the memorial and um, I would love for you to, to, to read it. I, I thought it came out sort of interesting, so um, please read it uh, when the magazine comes out, okay? And um, um, also, I wanted to, uh, to honor the victims of 401. I um, would like to invite you to, uh, uh, to join us in our prayers. Uh, invite all the people that are supposedly going to come to uh, accompany us uh, in the uh, the ceremony of the uh, of December 29th our 50th anniversary it seems almost impossible but finally here it is okay and uh, we would like all of you to join us in our prayers for the eternal peace of these souls and the rest in our Lord's loving heart. Please come over and join us praying for them. Thank you. 
Thank you very much. Thank you, Mercy. Uh, also, I think we've got uh, Brenda uh, Chabot with us. I think uh, 519, oh, is that you, Brenda? <laughs> yes, that's me. <laughs> Hi, Brenda. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Brenda. Hi. How are you doing, Bev? You're both Hi. doing well. I know it's really emotional for both of you and very, very important. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And the magazine, and the, Brenda, how long, how long? Yeah, I was it? just going to say, it's, I believe it's in the mail. Oh, like I say, we have, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we had to wait, you know, for the, because of all of our new chapters, uh, Connie couldn't get the uh, mail list, you know, completed. So we had to do that. And so it went. And uh, like I say, once it goes to the printer, like I approved the, document and once the mail list goes i mean they can run it you know in a day and they send it out so it is in the mail so people should be getting it really soon and yes there's some um i definitely put uh i think it's three or four pages for eastern 401 the dedication i just i wish i could go myself but i will be watching it and yeah special Thank, thank you, you Brenda. Brenda. And, you know, a special thank you, Neil, to all the Silverliners because, you know, yeah. the Silverliners yeah. have been so supportive of this. I know you were this on this and so generous uh, with them. And they will be helping. Some of them are going to be helping us on that on the actual dedication day. And so, uh, Brenda, thank yeah. you so much, too, for the wonderful work you do with that and the, the great magazine that you publish. You know, uh, thank, you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I've got yeah, a, so. uh, Beverly. I've got another caller from three zero five seven seven two. Who is that? Is that someone we've already talked with? Three zero five seven seven two. Okay, just listening. I I imagine. How about area code nine five four six six two? Okay, just listening. All right. Okay, anyone would like to comment, or Beverly, uh, you're probably not finished yet, so I'll turn it back over to you. I just wanted to recognize all the uh, area codes. My board is completely listened. I filled up. I think it's uh, the, the largest. Uh, we, we can only hold 25, and I think we've got about 25 of them here on our board. <laughs> wow. So uh, I, I think we broke Come the record. people ask, ask, ask. <laughs> yeah. I'll <laughs> tell <laughs> you. Well, I think I think that's important too because you know uh, again well, for us for formerly Eastern you know the Eastern family is is so very close you know I I only flew you know short I didn't fly a short only a short time after the the accident but um, you know my my heart flew with everybody up there you know um, and it it really is something that you know as Mercy said it it, it was kind of like, kept like a whisper and I'm myself I made a promise that. I would never give up until these folks are remembered because their lives were not in vain, lost in vain. You know, so much came about um, by this tragedy. So the fact that we're going to be able to put up this memorial dedicated on the 29th is just so very, very important, especially, especially to the Eastern family. And again, all the loved ones, uh, family and friends of loved ones that perished. I have received some beautiful comments. And I know, Neil, you asked me to share a couple of them, and let me see if I'll get permission from them and, and we'll maybe put them out on the post. 
beautiful Good. comments from family members and friends, right? I know yeah. I shared that one with you, um, that one of them, it was her aunt that passed away. And the memories that that family has kept alive, I mean, it moves me to tears when I read it. And how, you know, they're looking forward to this moment, um, the dedication. And so, you know, just, you know, to me, I mean, honestly, guys, if you're there, I'm sorry, but I'm probably going to be in tears that day. I mean, this, it is. It's going to be a very emotional moment for us, um, but something that is has been needed and wanted for so long. And so I am so very, very grateful, um, especially to Shannon and to Mercy for helping me to bring this about for the others that have supported us and for the other folks this year, um, Silverline has done everybody along the route, you know, Brenda, Kay, everybody that has been there for us when we've asked questions or needed help or anything this year on it. They have really been phenomenal um, at it. You know, I I just am overwhelmed with, with gratitude for everybody. And I hope that the last thing is that the name verification, everybody, make sure we've gotten some name verifications in already, some changes. We have one more week to do that. That's about it. So please get it out to everybody on the site, okay, because this is important because once that goes in on the 14th, we won't be making any changes because their names are going to be etched out on that black granite face and that will be placed, you know, on the memorial base um, before it's shipped out to us. So we... We do need to get that done, okay? And one other thing that, so again, this is so important, but one other thing I wanted to um, comment on, and Neil, I know I spoke to you yesterday, but you know what? Um, did anybody see that story, the ghost, ghost with an S, of Flight 401 on the Travel Channel? It was on a, a week ago yesterday on Friday. Um, you know, I, I we just wanted to say a couple of words about it. I know... Mercy, you did an interview with them, and um, I want you to to go first for me and and just tell us because this is something I think if every if people saw this, okay, and in light of the memorial going in and all of this and and bringing this up with families, I just Mercy, can you can you just tell us a little bit about it in your view because you actually did an interview with them, okay? Yes, uh huh, I certainly did. I was there for almost uh, eight hours, yes, and um, I just wanted to, to make a comment about the program in, in general. Um, the ghost, it was called no, the ghost of 401. Pre- I'm sorry? Yeah, go no. ahead. Pre- no, prepared was... and presented by Discovery Channel, yeah, last week at 8 o'clock. <clears throat> uh, I was, myself, I was disappointed. I never expected the presentation to focus so deeply in apparitions and paranormal activity. You know, I never did. Um, With all my respect, I must say that there was a kind of sensationalism in the program that filtered through the whole story. Um, And some definitely some misinformation. Um, like I said, I spent there uh, a long time, uh, uh, you know, and being interviewed, so forth. But <clears throat> um, the truth is, one of the things that uh, really uh, sort of uh, bothered me uh, was this concept 
that they presented about a, a vortex, a vortex of energy that goes through from the Everglades, Coral Castle, that <clears throat> that uh, place that uh, it, it's extremely interesting, uh, the Coral Castle that this guy built um, a long time ago anyway. The vortex supposedly goes from the Everglades to the Coral Castle and closes into the Bermuda Triangle or something like that. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, these ghosts um, of, of the passengers that are still in the Everglades um, and, uh, uh, of course, um, um, Don mm-hmm. Ripple, which was our engineer, our flight engineer, is there too. And they seem to feel that they are trapped in the Everglades, and Repo, his spirit feels that he he carries some kind of guilt about the accident, like if he had something to do with it. And I cannot, for the life of me, see any connection. Uh, as a matter of fact, he was the one that the uh, Captain Bob Loft asked to go down to the hellhole and check the landing gear. Uh, which supposedly was not locked due to the uh, signals of the little uh, red bulb that was flashing. And the the thing was in place to to land anyway. But he was sent down there to to check it, and if need be, pull it down manually, Uh, the system being hydraulic, and if it didn't work well, let's do it manually. But everything was fine. But I don't know why his spirit or his soul would feel... Uh, you know that sense of guilt, which will be definitely will be tying anybody down to anywhere. You know the Everglades or something, because it's it's like a weight that you have in your soul. You know, and um, then going back to the vortex of you know the, of, of energy that they're talking about, this thing, the energies in that place, uh, they 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 presented that it, it had something to do, or uh, it interfered. Or it, um, you know, into the crash. Uh, in other words, it added to the possibility of the of the uh, of the airplane going down. And hmm. I do not believe so. I do not believe so. It's not that I don't believe in any kind of a spirit or anything. I respect all of it. And uh, you know, but this particular issue, I'm not really. Um, uh, in accordance to, um, neither do I condone um, alluding, you know, uh, again, uh, uh, repo. They went with all their, um, uh, you know, instruments, uh, the, the psychic, the, the lady, and, and uh, the, the other man that was with her, you know, taking with all the equipment. They went back and forth from the Everglades to the Coral Palace, and, uh, you know, uh, trying to communicate, uh, you know, with the spirits and so forth. And mm-hmm. once they were in the castle, uh, Repo, um, they saw Repo again. They, Repo spoke with them, uh, our officer. And, you know, it, that right there bothered me. It bothered me because it's like they're presenting a, a, a spirit or a soul, you know, wanting to connect, 
you know, from the Everglades to the castle, to the, and from there maybe he took a ride to the uh, Bermuda Triangle. And that, it's mm. like, well, what, what was he doing? Is he on vacation yeah. or, uh, you know, <laughs> transporting himself from one place to the next? No, I don't agree. I don't believe it. Had I known I, that the program mm-hmm. would emphasize so much of this, I would have never participated. And that well, I had to say that about the, the program, yes. All right, thank yeah. you. And and I want to open it up for questions uh, sure. from the listeners because my board is full. And okay. uh, if you have a question you want to ask Beverly or Shannon or Marie, please, uh, now is your time. Who's up first? I see a hand I'm raised. Neil. Yes, Beverly. Uh, Brenda, yes. I, I'm very sorry that I came on 10 minutes late onto the show, so uh, this may be redundant. But did you, Mercy, and you, Belle, get to describe anything about you realizing that you'd been in the accident? I think it's so important. Um, being a first responder, which is what you were trained to be, is the hardest thing there is when you can't You've been trained to help. You've been, that weight is on you, that your role is to help people, and you mm-hmm. can't. You're in a position where you can't. Mm-hmm. Did you get to talk about any of that? I, I feel so much for these no. young girls, and that's what they were. They were mm-hmm. young girls in a dream job. Yeah. And I just wondered if you, get to, if you got to speak on that at all, because I think the no. public... Is very interesting. Yeah, in that. Beverly. Beverly, how about it? Uh, uh, I will. I will just quickly say because I know that that was written up. That you know, no, the blessing was that we did not know we were crashing. Obviously, when we crashed immediately, we knew what was what was happening. I was trapped, and I finally got out. Now, I heard some voices. It was very hard to walk because that sawgrass is like cut bamboo. All right, and so I found Mercy, and then I was, we were, was, she was in her seat. It was a small piece of floor with two passenger seats and Mercy's seat. And now, as far as being there in first responder, yes, you know, we were trained, and Brenda, you know that well. We were trained. Yeah. That's what we were up there for, not to serve drinks and all that, but we were trained. One of the things that I always remembered was the voice of authority. Okay, you you mm-hmm. have to try so hard not to show fear mm-hmm. because yep. you know all you know everything that's happening. So yes, I tried my best to do that, um, you know, and that's why I was singing Christmas carols and trying to keep people going. There was nothing to work with, nothing, no blankets, no nothing. Mm-hmm. We just did the best yeah. we could, and that you know, again, people said, "Oh, I'll fly with you. I want to fly with you. I know what you'll do if anything ever happens." No, you don't. You hope yeah. that you will do something. But that's so, yes, Brenda, that's a very important part of being a flight attendant. We yeah. are first responders. Yes, you know? thank you, Bev. That's so mm-hmm. important that the public hears that for once because, it, it, you know, flight attendants are always misrepresented. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Okay, how about you, Mercy? Well, um, I, I was only able to sort of um, call for help. And Beverly is the one that told me this because up to this day, I don't remember calling for help. Yet she tells me she heard this voice saying, uh, uh, help me, I'm a flight attendant, Uh, follow my voice. 
I'm here, you know. And then when she was able to crawl out of her, you know, of her place, then she started following the voice, and that's how she found me, because she definitely didn't find me by the, the light of the moon. There was none, you know. So it was the voice. Yet when she found me, I, I was in, I was in um, deep shock, I think, because I, I asked her what happened. I had no idea that uh, what had happened about the accident. And she told me, Mercy, we crashed. And I said, no, we didn't, Beverly. This is a dream. We are going to wake up any minute at home. And, you know, that shows that I had no idea. And um, I couldn't really hear well voices or anything, you know. Um, There was another passenger around that offered Beverly. Beverly was trying to lift me up. Uh, stand me up rather uh, to take me away from the uh, detail of the airplane the engine number two um, and she couldn't uh, so he helped her they held me by both arms and walked me away but um, you know all I was thinking about at that particular time was you know um, how, I wonder how much you know, as I was walking to a, a safer place where they wanted they wanted to take me, I started thinking, "Oh my God, we did crash." Then it, I came to uh, it was just a few minutes, but then it came to my realization what had happened, and I kept thinking, "I I don't want the sun to come up, the light, because I it would be awful to to look at this disaster." And yet, on the other hand, I said to myself, but it would be easier to help, you know, and at least maybe I won't be able, because I couldn't walk. I had a fractured pelvic bone, and I could not walk. But, you know, there were other people that were ambulatory that yeah. were able to. And, and, I mean, Beverly was clear as, as, as a star. I mean, her mind was working very clearly and knowing exactly what she was doing and about the safety of the passengers, our number one responsibility. But mm. I, I'm sorry, I just well, couldn't do much, you know, and she laid me down, right. and then she she brought me okay. a baby, which I had on, on top of me for, oh, I'd say maybe two hours or so. He was very cold, yep. and he was crying, you know. Um, uh, his last name was Hunko. Um, and uh, he was 11, 11 months old. He mm. lost both Aww. parents. And uh, I had him with me because somebody gave him to Beverly, you know. One another lady no, that was looking for her own child gave him to Beverly. And, you know, in the once again, going back to the Discovery Channel uh, the program, they had said they found the baby well. in the water with her clothes on. And that was not like well, that. The baby was closed. Okay. And uh, okay. it was given to Bev and Bev okay. gave him to me. So, But um, I, I couldn't Thanks, do Ricky. much, you know, cause, uh, because of the shock, because you. of the, the fact that I couldn't walk. So, no, thank uh, you for listening. Thank yeah, you. I think Neil's got another, yeah. Neil, uh, did you want to say some, something? Yeah. No, no okay. uh, well, I have a question, but... Uh, Uh, That was great, uh, Brenda, that you brought that out because, yes, uh, you guys uh, are the first line right there in that cabin. Uh, Anything goes wrong. And uh, but uh, at any rate, any any other questions? I hear some people in the background that uh, sound like they want to ask a question also. 
Brenda, did you get to meet um, Beverly? I'm sorry, uh, this Robert Bud Marquis that was out frog gigging in the area and saw everything and came to help with the rescue. Did you work directly with him, this uh, stranger in the night that rescued mm-hmm. people from the crash? No, I didn't work directly with him. I did hear the sound of the airboat, which was a sign of hope in a sense, but I did not, um, he did not come up to our site. The first people that came to our site was um, uh, Colonel Borman, and that was about maybe, I don't know, about three hours after the crash. It took a I long can tell time. you so, no. also, Beverly, yeah. I can mm-hmm. tell you that uh, my high school best friend and also uh, my best man at uh, our wedding, uh, he was a mechanic, uh, and there was a mechanic with Eastern out there in, the, at mm-hmm. the, in Miami, and he was one of the responders, too, from all of the employees that uh, went out, along with Colonel Mormon, uh, to uh, right. help. And uh, so he shared some stories with me. Uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I have a question about the uh, location uh, Beverly, uh, you know, the villas, you guys grew up at the villas with Eastern Airlines when you went through training. How far exactly is the villas from this uh, location of the of the memorial? Probably not even a quarter of a mile, Neil, because oh, wow. just, up, just up from the memorial site, turn right, you'll head down, you'll see the Curtis Mansion. Okay, wow. now the, the villas where we lived while we were in training is no longer there, unfortunately, had a lot of asbestos and they tore it down, but that's where we trained, right there. That's where yeah. we, I mean, we lived there while we were in training. So very and close, right next, it was right next to Curtis Mansion, about a quarter of a mile away. And I might add, that's not very far from the first home I owned in Miami. My wife and I, we bought on Minolta <laughs> Drive, Minolta Drive, right down from the Traveler's Motel, about four blocks down in Miami Springs. <laughs> but I would like to uh, make a comment. Uh, On my laptop, I'm looking at a beautiful picture of Beverly and Bercy. And they're sitting on a patch of ground in the Everglades. And the photo, and it says, uh, the caption rather, that their flight crashed 35 years earlier. I want to say that, you know that old saying, a picture's worth a thousand words? That really rings true in this. And Beverly and Mercy, it's a beautiful photo. I I don't know if you know which one I'm talking about, but you're mm-hmm. holding on to each other mm-hmm. and you are smiling. And I have to tell you, I got goosebumps on my laptop. So I just want to say, um, you know, thank you guys for being brave. Thank you for so much for trying to, not trying to, but eventually getting the memorial done. It's a beautiful photo. I think you should post it someplace, really. Thank you. Thank you. I remember that. I remember that photo well. All right. Uh, My buddy, Mercy and I are bonded forever. Yes, forever and ever. Uh, Hey, Captain Jim Harris, are you still there in Dripping Springs? I'm I'm still here in Dripping Springs. 
Now, you every time you and I talk off the air, you call me and I call you or whatever, but uh, you, you, we we talk about how much we love Eastern Airlines, and and this is the reason why we loved it so much is because yeah. of the the crews that we worked with uh, for the years that we worked. Uh, you, you know, we just didn't think of it back then, but golly, every time you saw a flight attendant, you want to hug them. And I had one of the, one of the captains I uh, flew with, Lee Hines, Captain Lee Hines. He was a member. Of, uh, he was, as a matter of fact, uh, on the hijack flight, uh, not hijack flight, but the killing of the agent at Houston, Texas, uh, uh, in the jetway. You guys remember that? And uh, Lee Lee uh, Lee Hines used to. Always uh, on every trip, when the flight attendants came up, he would always say, "It's my birthday today," and he said, "Can I get a kiss?" <laughs> and, and, and every one of them would give him a kiss. Of course, he wouldn't ask the guys if they were on his flight. But I told him, I said, "Does that really work with every trip?" <laughs> <laughs> but Captain Jim was something else, uh, uh, or uh, uh, Lee Hines, Lee Hines, yeah. I think we were sharing that with us, yes. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's good to do this radio show, and you're talking about uh, people that love the airline they work for. Jim Harris, you always said how much you loved Eastern, and Absolutely. that's all you wanted to talk about is how much you yeah. loved Eastern. But there are about 20 uh, Facebook pages, different Facebook pages of people that have created just like the ones at Eastern Airlines Retiree Association that I run. There are about 20 others, mm-hmm. and there's no other airline that has anywhere near. Most of them have two or three. <laughs> but the people in the Eastern family uh, just want to talk about the love of their life. And that's why I played, yep. I like to play uh, – the song that I opened up with and a long time ago is by Jerry Goldberg. And I found that and I translated, you know, once in a neighborhood, I put Eastern airlines into that song and it really, really re- reads true about the uh-huh. lyrics of that song. And I don't know if you listened to it, uh, if you got on early enough to listen to it, but I played oh, it. Beautiful. Uh, I, I, I yeah. And and I just inserted Eastern Airlines. You can insert Eastern Airlines into that song, and boy, I tell you what, it's just so very, very true about the the Eastern family. And and um, Mm -hmm. well, beautiful. Can I ask one more thing about the um, the problems with the helicopters, which is what would be the natural thing to do to try and rescue. Mm-hmm. Well, it was very hard for the helicopters because they, we land. You, yeah. know, we, you know, that we were near a dike, which is how Mercy went out. They brought, you know, they had ambulances and all there. But mm-hmm. God bless those Coast Guard people. I mean, they they literally had to kind of hover, you know, uh, just a little bit. I was taken to a helicopter, but it, it was really tricky ah. to get. You know, God bless them. I mean, they initially came in. One of them came in, kind of swooped with the lights, and then turned around and started the other way. And one of the people in my group, I had about six people, started screaming, oh, they've left us, they've left us. I said, no, they haven't. They've just, they, they know where we are. They're just going to get more help. But 
that was very difficult for the God bless those men and uh, you know yeah. it was unbelievable yeah. how they took people yeah. out. Yeah. So much, uh, debris around, you know, that it would have been very yeah. dangerous to yeah. to land those uh, yep. you know helicopters very there. Hard. And then Beverly was walking with the light, and when she got inside the helicopter, then she said, "You told me, Bev, you you kept looking for me, and I I had already sort of been." They took um, you the other way. Yeah, they took me the other way because I didn't want to go up in the air. I just kept saying, I don't want to fly, I don't want to fly. <laughs> so they took me in the boat. Aww. In, in, yeah, 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 I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So God bless them and those men. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I remember saying to them, Fantastic. now they fly with the door open. I kept saying, shut the door. Shut the door. Yes. Like, you know, saying, like, I'm cold. They gave us oh. a break. I'm like, shut the door. Shut. I'm looking at the guy saying, shut the door. Because <laughs> I went way down to Mercy Hospital. So. <laughs> but, Were yeah, you guys was... located on the right side then? Were you thrown? Because I know, Mer- Mercy, you were 3R and Bev, you were 4R. So were you mm-hmm. right, right, back? Four. Yeah, 4R. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, then, of course, we hit left side. So that's why yeah. we are... Gosh, one yeah. of the lucky, the miraculous 75 that survived because NTSB said this crash is unsurvivable. It was unsurvivable. So we yeah. are blessed, and we certainly wish every single person on that flight that night, fellow members and, you know, crew members and passengers, could have survived with us. But we are happy yeah. and proud to be able yeah. to. And, you know, Neil, I just want to say, I, I really want to thank you um, for having Mercy and I on, and Shannon for being with us, because... You know, this is something so close to our hearts, and you talk about that with the Eastern family. I only got to fly, you know, a very short time compared to the others. Um, but it, it it is family. It is family. I love Eastern Airlines. I mean, that was my life, my dream. So, you know, we, we especially want to thank you for your support of this memorial so close to our hearts and, and allowing us to be on the show several times. It's really made a difference getting the word out and in donations and to all the listeners, gosh, thank you all so much, so much for your donations, for your time. And wow. And uh, as Mercy said, we, we certainly hope to see many of you at the dedication and uh, uh, yes. Beverly, no, send us an email, you know, Bev, mm-hmm. do you think uh, we ought yes. to do another show right before the, uh, the dedication? Sure, would love to do that. Okay, you, we'll you know. do that. Sure. We'll, we'll, it's not too yep. far from now. And Peggy and I will be down. We'll be staying with my brother in Fort Lauderdale, so we'll be there. Okay. And, uh, Can't uh, wait to see you. <laughs> beard and all. <laughs> 55 okay. days. Yeah, yeah. 55 days, that's it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, we've got to run excited. out of time. and. I want to thank all okay. three of you for being on today. Uh, it's so great that what you've done. And I will especially thank you to all the listeners that listened in earlier when we, uh, on the radio show, appeal for donations for this cause. And mm-hmm. so many of you, so many of you responded. Uh, I like what uh, Sandy Pearl even told me about Sandy's survival of Southern Airways yep. flight. I think uh-huh. it was 242 uh-huh. or 247. Yep, 242. Yeah, and she said that she wrote a check out for that amount, 242 or 242. Oh, 242. Uh, yeah, isn't, isn't that fantastic? It's just uh, oh, yes. open their hearts up to, to, to 
uh, special things that uh, we, that you guys are doing. And so I look really look forward. To, my wife and I both look forward to being there and uh, at that Great. dedication. Great. So it's about time Thank that we land and put this episode. Uh, on the ground, or as they say in Radio Land, in the can, but uh, on the ground. So I want to turn it over to Captain Jim Harris. And Jim, I know you probably don't even have a script, do you, Jim? Yeah, I do. I'm looking at it. All right. Well, let's <laughs> let's put the airplane arts. We call this arts, airline radio talk show. So let's put it on the ground, Jim, gently. Atlanta Tower. This is ARTS Flight 70. We've got the field in sight. Roger, ARTS 70, you're cleared to land. Runway 9 right. Wind is 140 degrees at 10 knots. Roger, Atlanta, ARTS Flight 70, you're cleared to land. Runway 9 right. This is Hop Harrigan coming in. Feeling well, hundred, all clear. Okay, this is Hop Harrigan, coming in. Is that you, Hop? Coming in on a wing and a prayer. Coming in on a wing and a prayer. Though there's one motor gone, we can still carry on. Coming in on a wing and a prayer. What a show, what a fight Yes, we really hit our target for tonight How we sing as we limp through the air Look below, there's our field over there With our full crew aboard and our trust in the Lord We're coming in on a wing and a prayer
headed somewhere in flight They're taking you away And leaving me lonely Silver wing Slowly fading out of sight Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.